Hey guys, welcome back to the Evolve Your Life podcast. Today I'm actually uploading a live that I did with Mary's Cup of Tea. So if the audio is not the best, please do take my apology. And also I do think that the content that we talked about and the topics at hand totally make up for maybe the lack of quality audio. So I do apologize for that, but I hope you guys enjoy and I'm excited to be back on the podcast and uploading stuff. Um, I know this is a very tough time for a lot of people. A lot's been going on. So I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're staying well, and I hope that this brightens your day. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Premium Jane CBD, my go-to for CBD always, especially during this time when we are all stressed. We are all just a little bit shaken up and we need something to keep our anxiety at ease. I have been turning to my Premium Jane CBD a lot more than usual, but it's been helping just calm my nerves and ease my anxiety around uh, the coronavirus and all of that kind of stuff. And then they also just released a really, really awesome skincare line. So having CBD in your skincare really helps with inflammation. So if you are someone that is looking to reduce redness, inflammation, all of that kind of stuff, check out Premium Jane's new skincare line. They have a cleanser, they also have a cream, and then they also just released some bath bombs. So lots of really cool stuff. You can shop premium Jane with the link in the show notes. And if you use code Gabby at checkout, it's going to save you some cash moolala. All right, no more ads. Let's dive right in to this amazing live that I did with Mary's cup of tea. And I hope you guys enjoy. Okay. Hello everybody. I'm just going to wait for Mary to join us. I am so excited to have her on today. She is someone I've looked up to for a long time, but especially recently her content has really resonated with me as someone who like has a similar body to me and has a similar message as me and is doing it in such a graceful way. She has done TEDx talks. She is just, she's incredible. So I literally was like, I need to get her on my podcast. And I was like, why not do it in the way of a live Instagram? So that is the plan. Technology. I'm, I'm a millennial. I'm supposed to be good at this stuff. Oh, yes, I did it. I'm so proud of myself. I'm like, I'm 20, almost 24, but I still struggle with technology sometimes. I know I suck at it too. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We good? Good, good. Sorry, my headphones just connected. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. That happens to me all the time. They're like lagged for a second and then they're good. I'm good. I'm so excited to chat with you. I was just kind of telling everybody that I've been, I followed you for a long time, but especially recently, I don't know if it's the algorithm or what, but you've been popping up in my feed and I've been loving the content that you put out and really resonating with it because we're kind of very similar in what we believe in and what we look like. And I just, I honestly aspire to be as graceful with you as you are, like with your posting and everything. So I'm oh excited gosh, to chat. Thank you so much. I'm excited too. We haven't really like connected that much, but I was so happy to get your voice messages. And I hope I told you this, but if not, I'm going to reiterate, you're so articulate. Oh, like, thank you. So good with your words. Talk about graceful. Thank you so much. I, I mean, I have a podcast. I could literally talk to a wall for days and days. Oh my God, my name's Gabby. (laughs) I've never heard anybody else say that. And that's literally what I've said to people. Like I could literally talk to a wall. I don't care if somebody listens. I just want to (laughs) talk. It's my greatest, greatest strength, but it also can be my greatest weakness. I was the one always getting in trouble in school for like gabbing too much. (laughs) Gabbing. That's funny. Do do you know how many times I've gotten that joke? Oh my gosh, I can't. Okay, so (laughs) before we just keep talking and ranting, because I know we both could probably do that for hours, um, 
I want you to just introduce yourself. I know a lot of the people on here do follow you, but for those who don't, and for those who are listening in the future on my podcast, just kind of give a little background on who you are, what you do, what you believe in, just the whole shebang. Uh, the whole shebang is I am Mary, the Mary behind Mary's Cup of Tea. Uh, people ask me why the name, but I think I just, when I started my account, I didn't want to be put in a box. So I was like, oh, Mary's Cup of Tea is like a collection of things I like. Um, so that's where that name came from. And I did originally want to start a tea company and like brand my own tea. Um, but that didn't work out, obviously. And I just started sharing my message of like self-love and body acceptance because I went on this whole journey of having an eating disorder growing up and then going into bikini fitness competitions thinking that that would keep me in control. Um, and then I, I don't know, my body just started like resisting me. And no matter how hard I tried to start another diet or work out or even get out of bed in the mornings, I just couldn't. I was sleeping like 20 hours a day and binge eating all night. And it was like a really rough time of my life. Um, so I, I moved away for a little bit. I moved to Canada and I live in Arizona, but I moved to Canada at this, at this point. And I just started sharing like my journey of like, hey, this is like what happened in the fitness space. And this is why like I started figuring out like all these this research that diets actually don't work and they were doomed to fail and that I'm not the only one that's feeling like this. Um, and so my social media has been like a huge part of my healing journey because it's all been like in community. And I firmly believe that we don't heal in isolation. We heal in community. That's why, you know, things like AA and groups and, and whatever, like social media, that's why it exists is because we form these little sub communities in them. And um, yeah, so slowly but surely, I started like addressing my pre existing underlying eating disorder, and then everything that went on with my body in the fitness space. Um, and then I went on this whole journey of just like healing and letting go of shit and mm -hmm. realizing that it wasn't just about food in my body, but it was about all these other expectations that I put on myself that society put on me and I internalized um, and that they were just haunting me and they weren't serving me. And I wanted mm -hmm. to be free and feel free and and do whatever the fuck I wanted to do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 100 percent. And it's the reason I connect with you so much is because I have a very, very similar story. And it is, it just, it's crazy how also once you start to get there and you start to realize how much better it is on the other side and how much more freedom you have, it's like, yeah. at least I didn't realize how much I was actually being weighed down um, by fitness, by food, by all those things. And so it is super freeing. It's so hard. Like it's the hardest thing. I, so I even hard. had this conversation with myself in the shower yesterday. I was like, I'm fully recovered. But when people say like, it will always be with you it so is like I, I'm so I'm fully recovered but every single day there's still like I'm still thinking about food I'm still this because you literally have to eat for every meal and so even though I'm thinking about food in a much healthier way and I'm able to eat literally whatever yeah. I want it's just it's crazy I was just having this little thought with myself I'm like it truly does never leave you but you learn how to deal with it a little bit better every single day so yeah it does become a part of you and I think the like trap that we experience is that fitness and like it, I mean it's a high it's yeah. just a high like it's a high when especially if you've uh, you know experienced any disordered eating behaviors but it's also a high when like you get approval and you feel like mm -hmm. you finally fit in and growing up like I didn't feel like I fit in I mean I can't say that I was like bullied but I was definitely like that weird girl you know out like English was my second language and and I didn't, you know, care to cheerlead, for example, um, mm -hmm. nothing against it, but I just didn't feel like I fit in. And so then fitness gave me this like 
intense validation where like all of a sudden like all the guys I wanted hello like everybody Mm -hmm. from high school right or all the girls who used to like make fun of me are now asking me to personal train them or Mm -hmm. all the money that's coming in or flying around and doing these shows and and becoming a sponsored athlete like it was this like high of like it felt like I'm doing something right because everybody validates it not to mention the endorphins that come with like you know doing a two-hour workout or sweating or whatever like it's just it's a different beast and and it is a form of addiction I think so yeah well I'm actually gonna skip a couple of questions that I had because I think this is a perfect transition one of the questions um someone asked me on my stories um specifically for you was um how do you balance self-love and workout motivation without weight loss pressure so especially Mm -hmm. someone coming from a fitness background bikini comp competitions and that kind of stuff. I know you still lo- love to move your body, but how how do you now navigate knowing when it's too obsessive or how do you kind of balance all of that? Yeah, I get this question a lot. Usually people phrase it like how do you balance health with self-love, but I actually love this phrasing a little bit more because it's it's specific. Um and I think like the first thing that I honestly had to do and this is just like my experience. I'm not like I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a researcher, but I personally had to like go cold turkey. Like I had to quit everything cold turkey and quit the gym, especially like your old gym, you know, like find a new gym or a new routine or whatever. Um, And I had, I did like go from this weird disordered eating Ednos type of situation to just binge eating all the time um, because I was like, no matter what, you're not going to purge. So I, I had this like food freedom on crack situation where it was really extreme and at that point, people are like, well, like, that's not healthy. But like, that's what I needed to go through in order to finally feel free because I had to, I I faced insane restriction for like almost a decade of my life in puberty, which is like the most Mm -hmm. influenced you will ever be. And I had to face like those couple years. I mean, for me, it was a couple years, but those couple years of like this overabundant food freedom where yeah like maybe if I was a normal person not recovering from an eating disorder not you know trying to quit diet culture people would look at that and be like hey maybe you shouldn't eat like you know a whole jar of peanut butter and cry yourself to sleep but like I needed to go through that and I think like we need to honor that like blood sweat and tears begin beginnings of it all before we can start figuring it out and then at that point it's relearning and I love that word relearning because it's like reintroducing like okay when my friend Jordan Dooley writes about this in her book she's like when I first started going to the gym I was probably like 16 years old and like yeah I wanted to get in shape and it probably wasn't the right intentions but like I would pick up a magazine that I liked and I would run on the treadmill until I felt like I finished that whatever I was reading in the magazine and then I was done and that was my workout and it was fun right? Mm -hmm. Like there was that element of like less pressure at the very beginning. So like bringing that back in and like revisiting it, like if you are ready to, um, that's the same thing with like food. Like, you know, once you've had your like abundance and free for all thing, that's, that's how I went through it. Then I'm like, okay, like, should I have something green today? Maybe that will serve me. And then I Mm -hmm. had something green and guess what? Like I was happy. Um, and it's the same thing with like movement, like, I don't even have a gym membership right now. Um, well, partly because of the pandemic, but partly because yeah. I just don't like the environment. And so I yeah. wake up and I don't have this thing of like a workout is on my to-do list where it mm-hmm. used to be. Now it's just like, you know, my friends want to go hike. Let's go hike. Or I'm, you know, going to try not to sit all day because like, I think we all have a basic understanding of what 
enjoyable health looks like to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think when we're so like bogged down by diet culture, it's not that we pretend, but we're under this illusion that we can't trust ourselves with anything. Mm-hmm. And like, I just want to tell anybody who's listening right now that you know what healthy looks like for you. You know, you might have forgot. You might think that it's attached to a number, like a calorie or a weight or whatever. You might have like, I don't know, these certain ideals or expectations of yourself, but like deep down, like, you know, what's going to feel good. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, when it feels good to sleep in, you know, when it feels good to do some yoga, you know, when it feels good to run outside for 20 minutes, like whatever that is, like we know. And, um, Mm -hmm. I just want to like re-empower that, that like, we can't sit here and tell you like, this is healthy, right? It's, it's up to us and our journeys and where we're at. Yeah, I actually had this conversation with um, a client yesterday and we were, I was really reinforcing the idea to her that just like we did with fitness journeys, we tried to replicate people's fitness journeys online. We found a fitness mm-hmm. influencer that we loved and we did watch their full day of eatings. Yeah. We did their workouts because we wanted to look like them and we wanted to be like them. And we're kind of doing that on the opposite end of the spectrum, like yeah. with food freedom and recovery. We're like, oh, what's so-and-so eating or how much are they working out? How much are like, and we're trying to replicate people's journeys. But just like you said, your version of movement is very different from maybe someone else's and from someone else's. And it is a totally individualized thing. And you can't judge Mm -hmm. your what's healthy for you against what's healthy for someone else, because you never know one what they're going through. But also like, just lifestyle and what's going on in the world and what's happening in your life and in your mind. There's so many factors. You have to really create that for yourself. So and the I love phases, that. right? Like just mm-hmm. because we worked out every day last week doesn't mean we have to work out every day this week. Right? Yeah. Like it's just phases. Yeah. Like it's the example that I like to give because I have a lot of students who follow me. Like if it's final exams week and you and your friends are all at the library studying and you ordered pizza and you had two slices of pizza at midnight, you know, that is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need that healthy. fuel. Yep. Yeah, that is the phase of your life where you're stressed as fuck. You're about to have finals. You're in the middle of the night. You're studying because you're getting a goddamn education, which is amazing, you know, but that is healthy. Whereas nobody on Instagram is going to go and be like, I'm eating pizza at midnight. Like it's, it's not about what you eat. It's about how you eat. Yeah. And I think the metaphysics, the beyond the physical um, of food aspects are highly underrated and not talked about you know yeah. we kind of talk about like food should be enjoyable but like yes times 10 <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah no I love that that's actually a really good transition into um something I wanted to talk to you about because I don't I don't personally have a crazy amount of knowledge on it and I know you also said to me you're like I'm not an expert in this but um I do want you to talk about it just a little bit um yeah. we'll preface this with she's not an expert in this but she definitely has a lot of knowledge um health at every size. I think that this is, it's a huge movement mm-hmm. and it's kind of a term thrown around a lot and a hashtag you see everywhere. But yeah. I don't think a lot of people, myself included until like last week, truly know like the roots of what it means and what health at every size stands for. So can you give us kind of some background on one, what it is, but also how we can like be advocates for it in our daily life? Yeah. So um, I had the privilege of writing an article for Health Magazine and Oh my God, they were so diligent on making sure that it's factual, that it's correct, that everything like we went through so many phases of editing for this article. So if you want to check it out, just search like 
Mary Jolkowski health or something, you'll find it. Um, but I wrote about health at every size and the biggest distinction that we have to make. And I'm almost so sick of saying this, but I realize that not everybody knows this because I just get the worst, most horrible messages when I talk about health at every size, like once in a blue moon is people are like, well, what about if you're 400 pounds, like that's not healthy. Oh my God. Like, okay. Health at every size is not health E at every size. Health at every size is actually not what it is on social media. Health at every size is actually a policy change movement. I know, not sexy. Womp womp. <laughs> like it's not. It's not this like everybody is healthy. Like what we see it on social media. It's health at every size is a policy change movement that aims for doctors and nurses and especially people in medicine. But it also, you know, um, transgresses that to other industries, but especially people in medicine to be educated on weight stigma. And that somebody who comes in who is classified as overweight or obese, I use those terms loosely, but if they come in and they're classified as that in the doctor's office, like, guess what? The doctor isn't even going to draw blood. He's just going to say, lose weight. Yep. And what we see is that oftentimes weight is not a cause of disease. It's actually a symptom. So it's like this chicken and the hen situation. But regardless, it's such, especially with new research coming out, it's such a small percentage of what we attributed to health. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody used to say, like, if you if you want to be healthy, be a healthy weight. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, that's not it. Like, if you want to be healthy, if that's a value to you, if that's important to you, it's not about green juices and calories and the number on the scale. It's about your habits and what's sustainable for you and where you're living and socioeconomic status mm -hmm. and class and race. And it's so many things that are so loaded, which is why I get so nervous to talk about it, because, mm -hmm. um, like I said, I'm not. A voice in the space and I haven't experienced that oppression that so many people in bigger bodies do but where it started really hitting home and where I started really like feeling like it was partially my job to speak up about this is my little sister is in a bigger body um, she's not even 12 years old she's 11 and she opened up to me literally two weeks ago it was a very emotional conversation and she said that my mom took her to to the pediatric office and the pediatrician said you just need to accept that you have a fat daughter and she needs to her? lose weight in front of her. Oh my God. The pediatrician but... in front of her. So that just goes to show like, and I love, I love medicine. I'm very pro medicine, Western, Eastern, all of it. But it just goes to show how uneducated so many people in positions, not only of authority, but positions of healing, like that could be these yeah. most influential people in your life that are supposed to help you make make you feel better. And so many people and I got an influx when I shared that story of messages of people like not even overweight, but just like, you know, a little soft, like mm -hmm. women's bodies, like, hello, um, like their doctors not giving them the treatment They're They'll be like, Oh, well, I, I have this. Or when I came to the doctor, right after my fitness stuff, I gained a lot of weight. And my doctor mm -hmm. was like, um, you gained 50 pounds. Of course you're going to be unhealthy because you gained 50 pounds. I'm like, well, can you find out why I gained 50 pounds? Like maybe mm -hmm. I'm depressed. Maybe I'm anxious. Maybe my thyroid's fucked. Maybe my adrenals like, and you know, luckily my mom is very into like naturopathy and how the body works yeah. together as this ecosystem. Cause it does. Um, but it's so shockingly surprising that so many medical professionals like don't treat the body as an ecosystem mm -hmm. and health at every size is a movement that aims to educate about weight stigma that aims to give people adequate and proper health 
treatments at any yeah. size, no matter their size, right? It's yeah. not healthy at every size. Um, I don't go into that situation of healthy at any every size because I personally don't think anybody else's health is my business. And it's actually yeah. an amendment in the Constitution that nobody's health is your business, that literally nobody besides your doctor. You didn't know that? Oh, yeah. It's coming up with this whole pandemic situation because you know how the stores are forcing us to wear masks. Well, people oh, like with yeah. asthma, they actually can't wear masks. But if you have a condition, you legally have the right to not tell anybody about the condition. Like if you had any condition, oh, you yeah. don't have to tell yes. people about it. Right. Um, so anyways, yeah. this tangent, right. It just makes you think about all these things. They're so interrelated <laughs> and yeah. it's hard not to like go on a tangent, think, but yeah. I was just going to say one of the things too that I think is, is so important when, cause I actually, and I'm going to say this because I know people, I, I respect doctors and nurses and stuff literally so much, especially right now. Like, let me just high five all of you. Mm -hmm. Um, however, I do have a degree in public health, health communication mm -hmm. and, um, health what is it health education i don't know i got there's like three or four different ones <laughs> i love it it's public health but the one that yeah. i'm focusing on is the health communication um we learned some of the most disturbing things about just like when people go into doctor's offices and i mean i i grew up in a home that didn't really go to the doctor like my kind of have hippie parents like they just are like yeah unless the bone is literally sticking yeah. out like you'll be fine so yeah. I, when I do go to the doctor, it's like, I really see them as an authoritative figure and as someone mm. that is like, knows their shit and like, is going to help me. And I mean, there, I'm not saying, obviously I'd say 90% of doctors are going to yeah. get down to the bottom of it and really help you. But if you don't really advocate for yourself and if you don't really dig for the problem, especially when you are, like you said, in a bigger body or in even just in a marginalized body overall, like it sucks to say this, but sometimes you might not get the real answer that you need because there's a stigma or there's not enough education on these other topics that aren't so medical that are more social, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So exactly. it's just difficult. And then it, that leads to different public health issues and that it's just, it's like a snowball effect, you know? Yeah. And I think we really have to personalize because think about this, like if you're in a bigger body and you keep going to the doctor about whatever, it doesn't matter if it's a checkup or something for something and your doctor keeps shaming you and telling you that you need to lose weight and you're not getting proper treatment are you gonna go to the doctor again probably not if that mm -hmm. was me i mean that was like the one time i went to a gyno and she ripped out my iud i was scarred for life i didn't go for two mm -hmm. years until my mom was like you need to start doing pap smear like you're 21 um but like yeah scarred for life but like think about if i had something happening or whatever mm -hmm. and here i am like i'm not going to the gyno i'm not getting std check because i don't want that experience again because it was just scarred and so it becomes this endless loop where marginalized people and this is what we see in issues of race and class and size discrimination is marginalized people become more and more marginalized because obviously they don't want to take another step forward because the mm -hmm. millions of other times they did they got shunned and they got pushed back and it was uncomfortable it's like the last time I went to the guy I know my experience was I asked to be weighed backwards because I don't want to see my weight mm -hmm. and she's like oh okay and so she like writes it down mm -hmm. on her clipboard and she's like I won't tell you what you weigh <laughs> your secret is safe with me and literally this obnoxious oh my gosh this You're obnoxious like, lady please <laughs> yeah right I can't it's like, I can't and it's all fun and games with me because I'm still pretty in a socially acceptable body but like what about those where it's not fun and games and it's legitimately hurtful mm -hmm. and destructive and just perpetuates this loop where 
people aren't getting adequate health treatment and that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fucked. So yeah, I really encourage to educate. Yeah. I really encourage you guys to go read the article that she did. It was super duper thorough and you'll learn a lot, especially if this, it sounds like from what I'm reading in the comments, like people are really passionate about this as well. And again, just want to reiterate one more time. We are not bashing doctors or nurses. They are literally incredible. It it honestly needs to be education on all sides because the the doctors and nurses need to be educated, but we also need to be educated about Mm -hmm. one, like, our own health and like the power that we have over our health. And we have permission to have those conversations in doctor's offices and we deserve to have more time with them and all of those things. Mm So um, be your own biggest advocate. And also if you are a doctor or nurse, know that like you also are amazing and you can do some more research and even be an advocate for something like this in your own practice. Um, Mm -hmm. So switching gears a little bit, because I got a couple questions in my, uh, stories but then also I saw I think it was the same girl asked in here so I really want to get this answered um she was asking um how do you so advice for someone who is on the path to self-love and food freedom and really wanting to learn to love her body and all of that but living in a toxic home whether that's a toxic boyfriend toxic family having toxic friends who don't really understand it don't get it um, and aren't supportive of that journey, um, or triggering even, how would you navigate that situation? It's really tough. I think, um, for me personally, I'm very fortunate that like, I've had a lot of toxic experiences like that. I think so many of us are familiar with, um, but there's also a difference between like toxic and abusive. So if this Mm -hmm. is an abusive situation and, you know, you want to talk to a therapist about how to go about, you know, getting the help that you deserve and the protection and everything, then that is an option. But what I find is that when you're on this journey, it's like your friends are making these weird little comments to you. Like, um, oh my God, you're so confident. That's so brave. Like I would never be able to be confident if I look like you. Like, okay. I've gotten that from like literally a friend I was with friends for years just because it's ignorance. So first you have to recognize that like, just like we were talking about like health at every size, like they're, they don't necessarily have to be bad people just to not know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the first is to just like re- recognize like their ignorance and that you once didn't know either. You know, I'm so mm-hmm. ashamed. In that article I write about, I think, you know, the story is this girl mm-hmm. that I was so judgmental of um, at my school and I didn't realize so many things about her just because of my own fat phobia that was so internalized, but that was me just a few short years ago. So you have to like kind of acknowledge that, that like they don't know. Um, And with that being said, like it's not necessarily your job to like educate. Like I'm not saying you have to be preaching or um, fighting actively all the time. I think that's the route that some people definitely take because they're comfortable with that. But a lot of the times it doesn't feel comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times it's yeah. scary. And there are certain people in my life where it, that's scary. Like I would never bring it up to my mother-in-law. Like that sounds like a recipe for disaster kind of situation. Yeah. So um, with that, it's a boundary thing. I mean, like you have to protect your space and you have to do things like remove yourself from the situation or even earlier today, I mean, me and my boyfriend had a discussion about we make comments on how each other sleeps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that like, it made me feel like a little bit like insecure about sleeping in, but I stay up late and he goes to bed early and gets up early. And so we were just yeah. like doing these like micro jabs at each other, but like, oh, you, you, you go to bed so early or, oh, you sleep in so late. And so today it was like a boundary of like, okay, 
we do not talk about how much each other sleeps. We do not Mm -hmm. comment on our sleep. There's no sleep shame in this house. Mm -hmm. So like in the same way, you kind of have to draw boundaries with the people, especially the ones you're living with that like, Hey, comments about my body are not okay. Mm -hmm. And that's something I had to do with so many friends. Mm -hmm. I don't talk about bodies. I don't talk about my body and I don't talk about other people's bodies. That was not okay. Um, and just calling them out like that. And if they are interested to hear more, like feel free to tell them why and open up and all this stuff. Um, but you could also just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. And if they love you, and this is just going to be a big sign, if they love you, they'll respect your boundary. Generally boundaries actually bring people closer, which is, I think the common misconception about boundaries is that they drive people apart. But like, guess what? My boyfriend and I are going to live so happily now that we're not making these little jabs at each other about how much each other sleeps. Right. Yeah. It's actually going to bring us closer because there are certain things that are off limits that you don't talk about that is not okay with me. So boundaries let you just express like, this is where I'm at and this is what I need you to do. And if you love me, like you'll respect that. And it's just a big sign of character, a big uh, test of character. Yeah. Have you noticed um, like as you've opened up and obviously this is now your platform, it's your life, it's you post about it on social media. Have you noticed um, like people around you? Cause I'm sure they all follow you and they know what you do. Have you noticed that being open in that way has helped? Yo, no. (laughs) No? (laughs) It's so funny. Like, sometimes I'll go to family dinner and I'll be like, do you not, like, what? Like, where are you living under a rock? Um, No, it just, it's definitely, there's, there's definitely been some progress. Like, for example, my sister, I've been a big influence on her. um, And the way she talks about her bodies and we don't talk about bodies. Like, we just don't. and same with like my immediate family, but in terms of like friends that, you know, not close friends, but like acquaintances from past lives or mm-hmm. past lives, I mean like high school or whatever. Yeah. I don't find that people necessarily, but then, then there's also like, they see me at like these, they see me as Mary Ann from high school, yeah. right? They don't see me as who I am now. So there's that part of it. Um, But also I think that a lot of the things that we talk about, it makes sense in theory. So a lot of people who are listening right now are like, that is so great. Body positive. I'm going to love my body. I'm going to work out when I want to. I'm going to eat whatever I want. I got this. It sounds good in theory, right? But it's difficult in practice because it mm-hmm. shows up in every little area of our life. I mean, I was doing a podcast record recording today and I told this story how yesterday I was walking outside and this lady ran by me and apologized, said, sorry, I'm so out of shape. Literally oh a lady in my neighborhood. Yeah. And first of all, she apologized for her existence, apologized because she was breathing because she was running and this term out of shape. Right. Like it's ingrained into our language, like out of what shape? What is the shape that you're supposed to be in? Like, yeah, it's difficult and it takes time. And I don't mean to be discouraging, but it's going to take more than once is all I'm saying. It's going to take more than once for your own mindset. And it's going to take more than once for the people around you. Yeah. And something I even I talk to my clients about this all the time, having like if you don't have a physical like family of friends and like you don't have that support system in the real life, really lean on social media because it it really does make a difference, like how your social media feed looks and how the people you're interacting with and even reaching out to people like us, but also people who are. I don't want to say normal, but like not influencers, but you can tell that they're, they're kind of on the same page as you. 
all of my immediate friends that I have right now, like my best friends, I've met online. Like I've met my social media and we all have the exact same values. And I have noticed myself, like when I was in my huge fitness phase, mm-hmm. like I was friends with all the fitness people, but as it's kind of, as I've shifted, my friends have also shifted. And it's kind of like, I don't really bring anyone in or allow anyone in that's doesn't it doesn't align with me and I know that's really hard when it's your family you can't really pick and choose your family yeah but like Mary said setting those boundaries it is so important and sometimes you do have to have that hard conversation and if you are in a in a place where you want to educate a little bit or have those kind of tougher conversations having them follow other having them follow accounts like ours and other accounts that kind of promote this stuff just so they can be exposed to it because I think it really is just like a lack of education and a lack of exposure to this stuff in the normal media, because not everybody's on social media looking at the body positivity hashtag, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah, just kind That's of like exposure to all of yes. this. That's a solid <laughs> gold tip. I mean, it's so much easier to be like, hey, follow this girl, I've learned so much from her, or hey, here's a little article I found. Like. That might be so much easier than sitting there and trying to give somebody a lecture that's not receptive to it, you know? Yeah. Um, I really like that that thought. That's a really good tip for me, too. Thank you. Also, yeah. quickly, just branching off that, I got a comment mm-hmm. on my TikTok the other day. I, it was like a cellulite positive TikTok. And this girl, she was obviously like in high school, younger, and she tagged three of her friends. And she said... Um, I started crying watching this. This is how I feel, but I've never told you guys. And even that right there, I was kind of like, oh, girl, this is this is good for this. Like, maybe that's another way for you tag your friends in a post that really resonates with you. And that way you don't have to say how you're feeling. You're letting someone else's words kind of express that for yeah. you. And it was amazing how supportive they were. They were like, oh, my gosh, like, I've never even noticed your cellulite before. Like, I didn't even realize that you struggled with this. And now that can kind of open up another conversation for them to have maybe that is more on a personal level, but maybe oh that's another Look what good a difference tip. you're making. <laughs> that's amazing. That makes me cry. I and know. It was yeah. amazing. I mean, th- honestly, the biggest compliment is not, I mean, I love when people come at my post, but what I love the most is seeing conversations yeah. in the comments, right? Or like mm-hmm. I did an online retreat a few weeks ago. That group chat is still litty titty. Oh, and there's yeah. like, 30 girls in there and we still message every single day from an online retreat I did months ago. Like, I mean, the internet can be used for good, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so, I mean, I met my boyfriend online, all my best friends I've met online. Like, yeah, I mean, it it has a lot of good things about it as much as we like to talk. If you use it it correctly and there is a really good way to use it correctly. So, um, yeah, amazing. Cool. I have one final question. Um, actually it was on here. Someone asked it and they said, what did they say? Um, where was it? Let me go back. Um, oh, okay. Loss of identity. So this is something I really resonate with and I'm sure you do too. Um, she said, did you struggle at all with a loss of identity in recovery? I'm just in the beginnings of recovery, but I'm realizing how much of my identity was consumed by my eating disorder. So do you have any kind of like tips on regaining that identity and almost recreating it? Yeah. Um, oh my God. That's like, was so big for me because I told you I moved away. So I actually moved away with a guy I started dating and a month later I moved to Canada with him cause I'm a nut, but, um, also, I'm like a hopeless romantic and I'm like, this will be great. <laughs> and it was great. And it taught me a lot. But the big thing that I faced, it was like, I was this, I was 18. I was this like broken girl with an eating disorder who used to do this weird bikini thing. And he was like an academic. So 
um, my ex was a doctor and all his friends were doctors. <laughs> and so I would be that weird nobody girl. Like, what do you even do? Right. Like, mm-hmm. are, are you in school or who are you? And especially with like, if they snoop on my social media, like, you know, rumors start to sp- yeah. start to spread and I didn't know who I was. And I think the biggest thing to remember is like, I know it feels like you don't have an identity, but like your identity isn't just what you do. Mm-hmm. I think so many of us think that, oh, I'm a accountant, right? We literally say I am an yeah. accountant. And you're like, no, your identity is the people that you love. It's the things that you are passionate about. It's what you spend your time thinking about late at night. It's the books that you're reading, the stuff you're on social media, that friends you have, the the love for your pets, like that is all a part of your identity. And in recovery, it feels so like, like this is the only thing that I am doing right now is trying to recover from my eating disorder. But for me, the biggest way to recover from my eating disorder was to live out all the other parts of my life. You know, Mm -hmm. like I know this could be difficult at first, but like if you can, I don't know, go on a date, meet some new friends, like go read a book at a cafe or like go, go on a trip. Like, I mean, not now, but like, those were the things that really helped me take a new class. I mean, I tried Mm -hmm. to like, I took a organic chemistry class, which was the worst thing I ever did in my life. But like, Hey, you live (laughs) and learn. Um, And then like, I started just, I looking back now and you don't see this until in hindsight, but girl, you're going to look back a year from now and be like, wait, wait a second. Like I did all these other things besides just be in recovery from an eating disorder. Like I went to school and I worked and I hung out with these people and I met this person and that led me here. And like, you have a whole nother journey outside of your recovery. Your recovery is just a part of that journey. Um, And so if we expand the definition of identity as not just what you do, but who you be, Mm -hmm. then you can step into a much more empowered conversation around your identity. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that so much. And it is so important too. I I, I would honestly argue that since I've kind of gotten away from being so obsessive with fitness and food and everything, I feel like I'm actually more who I'm supposed to be because I agree with this. I forget who, I forget her name, but who said this, I, I agree. I was Gmail fit like that. People didn't even call me Gabby anymore. That was my name. People called me Gmail uh, yeah. fit. That was my old title. I was Mary like, Sky Fit. My nickname. Yep. Yep. And I'm sure people in the hallways and at college, it was like, oh, Gmail fit. Like, and it just became you. And so it really did. It consumed you. And just like recovery can consume you and stuff. Now that you don't have that kind of weight on you, it's like I've noticed so many other things about myself and tapped into other areas that I would have never allowed myself to had I been too obsessed with fitness or food or in recovery. So it's like, I think that you actually will find out more who you're meant to be and really tap into your identity beyond food and fitness. And so almost, I kind of like to think of it, like take it like a, as something exciting, like it's a new journey to discover who you truly are without this, these chains that are kind of holding you back into being one specific thing. Exactly. And you can decide to be whoever the hell you want to be. Exactly. I was that girl who would wander the mountains in Canada. Like that was my (laughs) other identity, right? I didn't realize that in the moment. But that was a big part of like what other people saw me as. And like, hey, that's pretty cool. Like, I like that, you know? Yeah, um, I love we it. We need to give ourselves like a little bit more credit that we're yes. doing. A, even if you're doing nothing all day, you're still doing a lot more than you think you're doing. Like, yeah, trust me. amen to that. I have to like tell myself that every day because I'm such a like doer, doer, doer. If I don't do like mm-hmm. everything, I'm like, I wasn't productive today. <laughs> like, I know oh. that's a trap in and of itself as well. Yeah. 
Okay, last thing. Um, a lot of times when, at least when I've listened to podcasts and like do all this kind of stuff, it's a lot of do more of this, be more of this. And I'm such a tangible person. Like I need steps. Mm -hmm. I need you to like list it out in front of me and say like, this is what you need to start with. So for anyone that like is looking for like, okay, steps, like actual tangible things I can do. What are like one or two tangible tips that you, someone could maybe do if they're wanting to like work more on their self-love, especially during this time during quarantine, like we have more time by ourselves and less distractions. So what are like your kind of like go-tos um, for, yeah, just for anyone that's kind of wanting to love themselves more, drop all the food rules, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. It's like, I know it's like, how do I pick? <laughs> I know. Right. Cause it's you like, can say as many one... as you want. Yeah. It's just so difficult. Cause it's like, do I give one about food freedom? And like, yeah, that could be helpful, but it's also about so much more than that. Um, I think I will give one on food just because I, I feel like this manifests in other areas of our lives. But like, since we have the extra time, like, why not be a little bit more present with our food? And um, one thing that my friend Jessie, she's a, a food freedom coach, she has this strategy that I love. It's called like build a plate. So basically, like, make sure your food is like plated in a way that feels good to you. Like, don't I mean, especially at the beginning phases, like it's so easy to just get down on yourself because you're eating cereal or chips out of the box, right? Like why not put those chips on like a plate, you know, and have that presentation and put love into it and the energy. And, and like I said, the metaphysics of food. And I, I used to do like a little prayer over my food just to acknowledge how, um, how far the food came to, to get to my plate and everything mm -hmm. and tapping into that enjoyment and being like just more present and in touch. And I know that's such a cliche answer, but like, if we can be more present with our food and start appreciating what food does for us outside of just fuel, I always say food is not fuel because you're not a fucking Toyota. Mm -hmm. um, food so is true. so much more than that. And if you, yeah, if we learn to embrace that, then we can also be more present in other areas of our life. Like we can feel into our bodies more instead of looking at our bodies when we're you know, doing a workout. Um, and, and that translates to our relationships. Like how we do small things is how we do all things. Um, and mm -hmm. so if we can start with that little step of like, okay, I'm going to like eat this meal and I'm going to enjoy it and it's going to make me smile and it's going to be tasty and, and I'm going to bring that kind of energy. Then you start bringing that kind of energy everywhere. It starts with breakfast, right? Like, yeah. um, I find that if I have a good breakfast that I like really enjoyed, like I'm a much more pleasant person. Um, yeah. and that is for a reason. And one more tip is I do this, well, Actually, I'll just give you like my most recent one. I've noticed that when I was in fitness stuff, doing that stuff, my life revolved around Monday. So my diet starts on Monday. My um, workout split starts on Monday. Hasn't it been like so long since you heard that term? I'm um, like, what's a split? What's like, a split? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like day, yeah. Um, yeah, like everything was like Monday. Like my week started on Monday my school started like everything was this like Monday and I lived my life like worshiping Monday. And then as I started like, you know, re writing my story around food and everything, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to take it day by day. So then my life was revolving around the mornings, right? Like every day is a new day. That was like kind of my mm -hmm. thing. Now what I've recently like realized is like, 
wait a second, like what you did 20 seconds ago doesn't have to be what you did now. What you thought 20 seconds ago doesn't have to be what you're thinking now. Like you in every single microsecond have the power to change your thoughts and your actions and your emotions and everything, like your intentions especially. And so if we can learn to like kind of zoom in and at the same time zoom out on this like timeline that we have and instead of Mm -hmm. seeing like diet starts Monday or okay binge eight tonight so tomorrow we're starting fresh you know then we can live our life like in a more present sense and we don't have to beat ourselves up over those things because we know like now is a new moment like I can't control the past and I'm gonna move forward and that like moment to moment mentality it's like did you have a bad day or did you have a bad five minutes of your day that you're letting influence the rest of the day? And now it's a write off when it could have been an amazing fucking day. Mm-hmm. So that's recently how I've been like living my life just because um, with the pandemic, it's I've definitely been moody, you know, <laughs> and it's definitely yeah. really easy to be like, okay, well, today I'm just gonna watch TV and then tomorrow I'm going to do something Yeah, like I can watch TV at 11 a.m. and then at 12 p.m. I can go and do something. It doesn't have to be so black and white, so extreme. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So no, that's I think that's amazing. Especially I've been feeling that. Like I live in Kentucky, and the weather here, Midwest weather, it's like gray and raining one moment, then it's sunny the next, and then the next day it's like hailing, and then it's 40 degrees and it's 80 degrees. And so, and I'm very in tune with the weather. It's like if it's gray and raining, I'm gray and raining on the inside. And I've had to like, I think that what you just said is very good on a, a good tip for that. Um, like people who are struggling with that kind of stuff or just feeling different ways throughout the day, which I think we all are um, and learning to navigate those situations and not feel like you have to, like, if you were, like you were saying, if you were, if you were feeling like it was a bad body image moment 10 minutes ago, it doesn't mean it has to become a bad body image day and you don't have to yeah. keep thinking that way. You can, you can actively choose how you think. So mm-hmm. Bad body image moment. I love that. Yes. Like, let's live yeah. our lives moment to moment, not this like day situation. And I mean, I've made a YouTube video called How to Handle a Bad Body Image Day. And I wish yeah. I could, like, you know, go refilm it. That it doesn't <laughs> have to be a day. It could just be like, you know, I, I didn't like what I saw in the mirror, and that's fine. I'm going to move on with my life. You know, yeah. that Demi Lovato you know. on her podcast with um, Ashley Graham, she mm-hmm. said, You don't have to say, I love my body when you're looking in the mirror and feeling like crap, you just have to say, I accept my body. And I think that that right there is just so powerful because we yeah. work so hard for self-love and body love, but you don't have to love your body. You don't have to have self-love. You just have to have self-acceptance and uh, and body acceptance. Cause if you can accept yeah. where you are, you can then work on loving yourself. It doesn't have to be like one or the other. Um, for sure. So thanks Demi for all you more. do. <laughs> She's amazing. I did listen to that episode. And I remember being I was so nervous going into that thinking that she was going to preach confidence mm-hmm. and in your body and love your body and cellulite is gorgeous. And I'm like, no, 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 like, we need to go deeper than that. And then I was so mm-hmm. like, pleasantly surprised by the level of depth that she had, you could tell she's done the work like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, amazing. I love that one. So proud of her. I just got chills because my girl Demi I love her. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I think we're going to end it here. Um, this, you have been incredible. Thank you so much for everything that you've said. I've been watching the comments. That's my one thing that with lives, I'm like, so ADD. I'm like, can you read the comments? Got to like, you know, like, yeah, so many things, well, but I've been reading them as they go. And they, people are just the stuff you talk about. And the stuff I talk about as well, it is so helpful. And people need this stuff. And people need this information. And they need this inspiration, especially during this time. So thank you for everything you're doing. 
Thank you, Gabby. It was such an honor. You're so great. Um, and your audience is like amazing. Like y'all are Thanks. hyping me up here. <laughs> They're I'm your like, audience wow, too. Like, They're like, oh. I love it. Cause yeah. So go follow Mary. Um, where can they find you? What other, do you have any other like things happening? Anything you want to pitch to people? This is your time to shine girl. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm just on Instagram. Mary's cup of tea. You'll know all about me there. Um, I have a lot of like free resources and downloads and stuff that I don't talk about enough. But if you want to like snoop on my website, Mary's cup of tea.com, there's just like a lot of places to start. Oh, I have a podcast, which has been um, my pride and joy lately because podcasting is so fun. Mm -hmm. Case in point. Um, it's also called Mary's cup of tea. So like, yeah, just, I don't know, Google search, yeah. whatever. I'm there. Amazing. 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 Well, thank you guys so much. And I know someone asked this earlier, so I'm going to say it, but you can find this episode on the evolve your life podcast that is my podcast i used to love podcasting and i'm slowly getting back into it this will be the first episode i posted in a couple months um really? but yes i'm super That's excited cool. I, I don't know i just like i felt like i'd like covered all my topics and then i was like okay now what you know like yeah, yeah I, I did i did the podcast more for so that when people ask me in-depth questions in my dms i can send them a link instead of send them a paragraph so yeah um but yeah smart. so i'm excited to i feel like there are, I, I have a renewed inspiration for different content and topics and stuff so i'm excited yeah awesome I'm so well glad. thank you so much for being here i appreciate it and i'm sure we'll be chatting soon and everyone go follow mary she's amazing and um i will hopefully be doing actually i am doing this again let me tell you guys the next one i'm doing is monday at 12 p.m or 12 30 12 p.m eastern i'll post about it but um i'll be doing a few more of these so more fun things to look out for yay amazing. thanks so much Gabby. thanks bye bye